0: Audrey here. Thank you so much for tuning into Fine Tune Between the Lyrics. I hope you're having a good week. Lots of stuff happening in our world right now. Praying for Texas, but if you clicked on this podcast to take a breath and just only think about music, I'm glad to have you. And rest assured, this podcast episode will make your day. This episode is a special guest episode. I have with me Hayden Grayson and Sal Roberts from the band Soul Haven. And I really have to tell you, this episode—I mean, all of my episodes—are so near and dear to my heart but this one is so immensely special to me because Hayden Grayson has been my teacher, my mentor, my coach since I was nine years old and talking with him and Sal as well about their music and analyzing music with the person that got me on this track and basically taught me everything I know is something so, so special and it's such a gift and I am so thankful and grateful. And their song, Sitting by the Side of Life, is also amazing, and I can't wait to get into it. I did something different structurally in the episode, which is really exciting. I think it came out really good, and I'm so pumped for you all to hear it. Also, stay tuned for the end of the episode where we get a fine tune between the lyrics exclusive acoustic performance by Soulhaven playing their song, Sittin' by the Side of Life. It's literally amazing. Everything is linked in the description box. I'll link to their Instagrams. I'll link to their music. You guys know the gist. Alrighty, enough of my intro. Let's get into the nitty gritty and the human experience with Hayden Grayson and Sal Roberts about their song, Sitting by the Side of Life. I am so excited to introduce Soulhaven with Hayden Grayson and Sal Roberts. Guys, thank you so much for coming on.
1: Thanks for having us. Great to be here.
0: Awesome. We're going to be getting into your song, Sitting by the Side of Life, later, but let's get to know you guys a little bit. Anything you feel like our listeners should know, tell us about yourselves.
2: Hi, I'm Hayden. I'm a vocalist and musician and play XYZ. And I'm Sal. (laughs) I'm I'm a guitarist and string player. And I'm
1: also a vocalist like Hayden. We've been doing this for, I guess, two years now or so. Wow, um, it's
3: been a yeah. while.
1: Yeah. Um, so strange way we, you know, met. Actually, both of us were kind of in a funk in our lives, and by coincidence, we both decided to just spontaneously go to an open mic one night. Well, you were in the funk band. I was. <laughs> I was in a. I was in a. Well, reggae rock, not not so much uh, okay. funk, but uh, it was. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we were both kind of in a funk, and both decided to to play an open mic one night just to clear our heads and, and whatnot they barely even let me in because I came so late and everything. Wow. And uh, I heard Hayden play and I'm just like, wow, that's, that has inner spirit to it. You know, that was really the thing that, that struck me. And he had sat down nearby me afterwards. I'm like, hey, that really good man. And he was shocked that I had <laughs> complimented him. <laughs> um, and he's, he asked me, you know, he's like, are you going to be playing? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm last. So then I played and I think he was equally as uh, impressed if, if I may say or speak for you. Oh, you can't see my nod going. yeah, yeah. <laughs> But uh, oh. and then and you know, I, I hit him up afterwards, we got his number. I'm like, hey, you want to start playing some music together, figuring that out? And then we kind of realized that both of us were, you know, very musically compatible. Mm-hmm. Um, strength, as far as strengths and weaknesses go and having strong understandings of you know what goes into good music the kind of mission statement that we wanted to bring forth into the music world and what kind of mark we would like to
2: leave in the music world
0: Wow, that's, well first of all, that's a beautiful story, it really speaks about like, everything happens for a reason and everyone's at the right place at the right time and we, I just We didn't think...
2: tell the part about the kung fu and the mysterious voices in my head, but I'll save that for another time
0: <laughs> Actually, I know Hayden for a very long time Hayden has been basically my mentor my coach all throughout my singing and songwriting and music career so I've known Hayden for a very long time and it's just been so awesome like seeing how you've grown in your own music career aside from teaching and coaching so it's such a pleasure to be able to do this with you as well as also having Sal here and also I think that you guys are truly so authentic especially with like the way that you talk about your music and you're very raw and real and connected if that makes any sense like really feeling connected to like who you both are as artists but how did you guys get into music songwriting performing together like when was that aha moment when you were like this is real we need to be a band together
2: well we, we started playing I don't know some Beatles songs or things like that just jamming and then we, we started
0: uh come together <laughs> right
2: yeah. now <laughs> yeah we played, we played a couple yeah that's funny I actually kind of forgot about
1: that <laughs> that's totally how um you know we just kind of found that compatibility and you know like I was saying as far as strengths and weaknesses you know Hayden had yeah, harmonies came so easily to him and, mm-hmm. you know I I really sought to learn from him because I was always happy with the place my musicianship was at I mean it's an organic process right so I mean mm-hmm. you, can never, you can never stop and I just saw that in him and it was a quality that I definitely wanted to take away from him no matter what you know and my god what he has done to help me in that way um, is I'm eternally grateful for and um, I'm sure there's things that he saw from me that equally that I, I hope I've been able to give to him but you know I guess that's the journey of musicianship in general though of always figuring out where in your game could you improve and how can you improve it and and how can you even cheat it sometimes?
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, it, gets, it happens. It gets that way sometimes.
1: Oh yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the name of the game, right? But no, in regards to what we bring to the table, you know, I've always been a music first type of a person. I I always listen to music first, and he's always been a poetry first type of person, lyric mm-hmm. first. And so, I mean, just purely on on poetry, I've written, and that's always been some sort of a weakness in my game. And it's it's always fun to bring it to Hayden because uh, it's like bringing it to a professor that you respect.
0: I could not <laughs> but, agree more with that. I, oh, style. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And, and I love actually when he's just like, Sal, do you want me to tell you the truth? And I say hit me. Oh
0: my gosh. And, and yes.
1: He'll just tell me it's trash. And I just accept <laughs> that, that it's trash and move along and and write on the next one. But look, when it, when it hit when I hit, I hit and I know I hit because right. he's he's able to look at me and be like, This is great.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I've had the same experience with Hayden. Hayden, what do you have to say about this too? Uh, you
2: want to say, buddy? <laughs> uh... I I don't know what to say. Uh but thanks for the kind words and uh I feel equally, you know, about Sal. And it's funny because the name Soulhaven, uh, we were looking for a name. There's probably a list somewhere of like a hundred horrible yeah. names. Oh, it's pretty funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like just terrible name.
0: what was your worst name that you guys came up with
2: the rangers of well, rock. well it was never taken seriously <laughs> <laughs> like just for the record for the
1: record i mean just just so everyone is very much aware of this this was not to be taken seriously but the rangers of rock was on this list said in like a really like the, the rangers? Of rock. Oh. rangers of you know, Rock.
0: you have type. to adapt the british accent correct
1: british you know there it. are times we actually do this british thing with each other and we can, we can do, wow. we can do this quite well well Sal is
2: really the oh, voice man. guy uh, but. very
0: impressed
2: uh, thank you uh, so, so Sal's like pick an image from you know Lord of the Rings because we both love Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. and, uh, mm. the imagery is really inspiring and I kind of immediately chose you know the Grey Havens mm. and that's where we kind of got the word haven inspired from and
1: we, and we always like the image of, of a sun in general um, of, of our music I, I don't exactly know why either why that the sun was always kind of something that we, we just related our music to perhaps i don't know Probably uh, because it's
2: cliche <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I'm well,
1: uh, yeah, and, and, and yeah, so it's you know just and it's
2: on my face right now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um and then I mean there are some people who who kind of like and this was like you know not done on purpose, but it's funny how Soul Haven you know even kind of sounds
2: like Sal Hayden you know. Oh and, and, my god! Yeah, and that's completely like I. Swear that that was I'm telling you,
0: everything happens for a reason. I that love this.
2: like random because when we chose, you know, Haven was literally just something we liked from the Lord of the Rings and. Um, I think I went through a list of like a thousand words looking up little Latin words and things like that there, were, there was one I mean there was one we
1: loved for a while but it didn't end up sticking because it didn't work but there was a working title we had for the band for a little while called Redwood Poetry by the way great name yeah but we're not from California <laughs>
0: <laughs> I so, love Redwood it's so pretty Oh, uh,
1: I mean it's a beautiful name Redwood Poetry I mean if you think about it but you know it, would you it's, like
2: soy milk or almond
1: it, it, <laughs> it just it didn't fit the bill and isn't that the nature of art in general yeah just owning when when something doesn't work also um, yes I think, I think absolutely forcing stuff or just forcing ideas just trying to believe that they're brilliant or just trying to believe they're going to work i mean it's like a relationship right it, yeah it, it doesn't really work that way i mean the easy stuff should feel easy and the hard stuff you know needs to be hashed out and figured yeah. out and and that's a lot of our process in that way <laughs> although it's not a romantic relationship of course <laughs> yeah. um, but there is a certain bond i think musicians share we have a very strong musical relationship
0: That's amazing. I absolutely love that. That's so crazy. Sal Hayden, that's that's nuts. Okay, well.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: So it would not be a fine tune between the lyrics episode if we did not get into the nitty gritty, as I always like to say about the lyrics, the music, the meaning about the songs of our lives on the soundtrack of our lives, however you want to say. So you guys brought Sitting by the Side of Life to share with us all. And we're going to be including snippets from the songs as we talk about the song and stuff. So that's going to be really great. Tell me about the song in the story. How did you guys come to writing the song? And what is this song about? What was the inspiration?
2: It's actually the first song that we ever wrote together. The music was pretty much completely different at first.
0: Wow.
1: Um, yeah, the chords never changed. Mm-hmm. So, from you know that standpoint of was the analysis of that, but the chords changed completely. <laughs> <laughs> Not completely. It's. Uh,
3: it's just,
1: um, but. Yeah, it was the first song we wrote, for sure. I think the lyric mostly stuck, but there was a time when Hayden came in when we were just like in the early stages and we were just rehearsing stuff. and
2: I had a tiara tantrum. He had
1: a... <laughs> He had a bit of a breakdown and uh and i'm just like oh what 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 he's like i want to throw it out i want to throw it i'm like no, uh, I'm, uh, you know I'm, I'm like you know let's 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 take a look at it let's see what mm-hmm. we can do and i started just playing it you know a little finger style lick on my guitar to the same chords
2: <laughs> strangely enough the same completely different chords the, the chorus may <laughs> but, but sal and his genius came up with this incredible like guitar lick and then it's interesting because we both actually said the melody just needs to be fun
1: it, was, it needed to be fresh yeah. it is a
2: really yeah.
0: fun song it's definitely um, a really fun song for sure
2: yeah and, and fun actually
1: was the key of it wasn't it
2: yeah yeah after that like really deep lyric and then we had fun with the riffs and the licks and the melody and then we both just like i, I think totally fell in love with the song i mean i love this song so much and it's so much fun to keep rearranging it perform mm-hmm. it in different styles hmm.
0: that's so awesome and it really goes to show like what the creative process as an artist is like you could be writing a song and you could think oh i'm done like this is great like or you could be think oh I'm like exploding let's throw this song in the trash but it really goes to show like how not linear the creative process truly is because you can really think that you hit the nail on the head but then you really take another look at it and you're just like wait I could totally explore this whole other area oh wait what about if we looked at it from this point of view or we sang it in this style if we slowed it down if we made it faster mm. if we made it major if we made it minor it just goes to show like how open we have to be as artists for us to like truly grow because we could always you know we could be like yeah this is good enough like we're good but like if you really want a song to hit the way that the classics ones do or the song that like hits you when you're driving your car and you're ending up like crying on the freeway but when songs hit us the way they do that it requires growth in the process and i think that is so awesome that you guys are being so open and talking about that because i think that especially with people in like gen z millennials we see the curtain kind of being unveiled a little bit but when we look at like Billie eilish and when we look at these artists that are now rising to the top by just recording in their homes we don't see that process in between we just see the artists and we see the end result of like them receiving awards we don't see that in between period in which artists work with themselves and work with other artists and like draft and rewrite and go over things musically over and over and over again to really find the song that hits home and i just think that it's so awesome that you guys are being so open about that so thank you for sharing that
2: thanks yeah i mean like that's something you know sal's got like excellent leadership about in in, in terms of like driving the ship of the song and uh i tend to get caught in like a little field of lilies But the combination is so incredible. It's like a real synergy and mm. magic that happens.
0: I love that. Synergy and magic. You
1: never it. settle for mediocrity, too. That's that's part of the mission statement always, you know?
0: That's awesome. All right. You guys ready to jump in of to course. the song? Okay. So, Sitting by the Side of Life, to get started, what's this song's message that you're really trying to convey to your listeners?
2: The song really came about as an organic result of... Uh, of Sal and like literally well, he's probably standing playing guitar but <laughs> me sitting by the piano but us really like Sal was saying before you know coming out of whatever we were going through in life and, and coming together It was a Beatles reference again <laughs> um, um, and then lyrically I, I think neither of us had any I don't think had any major objections at first that the original lyric which really pretty much stayed the same like
1: for the most part yeah and, and I think the thing that came easiest as far as you know writing the lyric is the imagery I think was fairly similar and correct me if it wasn't like this for you, Hayden. But you know, the idea of sitting by the side of life, the philosophical idea of it is separating yourself from your body almost and just looking at things from a third person perspective, right? And and mm-hmm. just separating yourself from the world for just for a second and looking at it from the outside in as opposed to the inside out. And it's an interesting thing. There's there's something relaxing in that state because it's a nothing state. There's nothing that exists out there, mm-hmm. but It's also an unsustainable state, too, you know, because at some point you have to go back in to to life. But I think both of us were in a place where we were both sitting by the side of life in a sense of, of when we met. And, and that's why I think that somewhat came so naturally to us. You know, I had, I had just gotten out of something that I had invested a lot of time into, mm-hmm. and I was just trying to figure out life after that, to some extent. And I know Hayden had some things he was dealing with as well, and, and almost in a perfect timing of things, we were both, you know, sitting in that same place and realizing that we were able to just figure out, you know, an area that we could both first come together with, you know, mm-hmm. as far as our brains and our hearts and our, and our souls. And then I go from that. there. Um, is that pretty accurate? He's nodding. He's, he is <laughs> okay. nodding.
0: Promise. <after> <laughs> okay. So, if you guys had to pick some of your favorite lines, what would they be? Off the top of your head, if you also don't have any favorites, that's okay too.
2: Yeah. You know, it's funny. The the title of our EP came out of the song Twilight. Monroe. Yes.
0: I was going to ask you that. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're
2: so good. Don't um. <laughs> And uh, I, I love every word of this song because it feels it was you know really authentic sharing with Sal and me and us being philosophically like mm-hmm. with each other. It's really just hard to like get out.
0: You're so good. I have a list of favorites. Like it's like
2: almost like who's your favorite kid? You know,
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, songs are like our children. They <laughs> yeah, really are.
1: Or you know, the, the other way I think of it too is it's a bit of a puzzle, right? You know. Yeah their jigsaw puzzle it's like all the pieces fit together although there are some pieces that might have a little more color than others they don't really work unless you know if you're missing a puzzle piece as dull as that piece might be you'll notice it you'll notice it you know you kind of need the whole thing for it to work even with the duller lines as opposed to the brighter lines
2: so
0: yeah absolutely and well first of all to start off in your first verse, you say, I don't know how to hold the ocean. I can't fold or control its weight. Are we just birds at the point of no return?
3: I don't know. Your
0: song's very bluesy, very bluesy. It has a nice jazzy vibe, but it has a very Billy Joel essence, which I very much appreciate because I'm a huge Billy Joel fan. But in oh, your That first- just
2: might be from some of the piano playing. I mean like Yeah. Game. When you hear the acoustic version, you'll hear something totally different.
0: Oh, well, Sal and Hayden are going to be performing an acoustic version of this song for us just for the fine tune between lyrics family, which is so nice of them. But you guys do a nice descend musically in the first verse, which I really like. But one of my favorite lines, are we bound to fail and forced to learn? And I absolutely love how this is a question, because I really think that it emphasizes how we really don't have control over life. We are sitting by the side of it. And we're watching life happen to us. And I really think that what you guys are doing, it's like you're happening to life, like with your music and with your story, like you're happening to life. But you're talking about how you guys are sitting on the side of life, kind of watching everything happen to you both. And you both kind of explained how you guys were in a bit of a funk before you guys really connected and joined together. And I love how the song is just kind of a symbolic representation of just you both coming together as well as explaining almost kind of like the backstory between the lyrics, as we would say.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. I I mean, that's, it's a great line. You point out that are we bound to fail and forced to learn? I mean, it's perhaps very cliche in in, in some ways, but I think many times we're defined or or not defined, but we grow as humans from our failures. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, Mm -hmm. And and the things we remember most, although our successes are great, our failures kind of allow for those successes down the road. Yes. I think that no one is exempt from that sort of philosophy in general so you know something we always do when, when we're writing is we want to encompass as many people and, and, as, and as many souls as possible right mm-hmm. uh, because like I said no one is exempt from that sort of way of life and if you're not really approaching life like that well you're not doing the second
2: part of the learning mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to go on a ramble either
3: <laughs> <laughs> no you're good you go down worry. the
2: rabbit hole with this we, we have we have lots of long philosophy sessions sort of before during and after you know songwriting
0: so. yes because honestly songwriting you're in a vulnerable place and it's like you explore different parts of yourself that you don't think like you could be in so many different situations but if you're sitting in front of the piano or with the guitar you're bringing your authentic self to the table that's truly I mean in my opinion that's what I really think songwriting and writing music is truly all about it's about being your raw self when it's just you and the music and that's when you can really grow as a person but also grow as an artist when you can explore the different sides of yourself and know like man, this failure happened, but every single failure that I've ever had was an absolute blessing because I'm here standing up. Like I am resilient. Sitting, failure, or yes, yeah, sitting, sitting <laughs> in this poem. But it really goes to show that when the falls are really, really hard, the getting up part is more glorious. And I think that that's something that you both really touched on and just like your mission and in your philosophy as well. But getting into the chorus, sitting by the side of life wishing I could rewrite, pushing my words to survive, but I wonder if I had the time. And I absolutely love this because like you almost like wish that you could have a say about like what happens in life and you wish that you could rewrite parts of your past, but you're sitting by the side of it and accepting it. Because I do think that this song really also kind of, I mean, this is what I got from it, but I think that this song also really speaks to just accepting or acceptance in general of just when things happen in your life, like they're meant to happen and you sit by the side of life, you let it go and you let it flow and you learn from it and you grow as a human, you know?
2: <laughs> You're just like absorbing know, all that. No,
1: I mean it's it's definitely true. Um, it's anybody's journey, right? Of accepting the course of life. I, th- I mean, you know, my opinion and my my experience in life, people who and I, look i mean i'm i'm only 29 years old you know i, I haven't been a- around the block to that extent of, of a 60 year old right but mm-hmm. in my short experience you know of being on earth the people who scripted their life out and really wrote it out in a way that they thought it was going to work out have ended up being some of the, the most unhappy people unfortunately
0: That's so true.
1: And and i think that having that openness and open-mindedness to what may come or what may go is imperative to happiness in general right because Mm -hmm. writing the script is almost setting yourself up for disaster yeah um whereas you know just trusting the path you're on and trying to always do the right thing on, on any given day and work toward a little bit better every day um you're you're gonna find yourself in a very good place down the road and you're gonna get to laugh about how you got there
0: Yeah, it just kind of brings it all to a positive circle, I guess, that you get to look back at it with a smile on your face. I know that you grew and that you rose up and everything. But I also think that it really speaks to like when people script their life, like I was originally a pre-med major, or I was chem major, my whole life was on an Excel spreadsheet pretty much. (laughs) And but... I realized that I was really trying to plan out my life because I was so afraid of failing. Because I think that when we go through life, we really try and avoid pain as much as possible. Like pain is bad. Everyone hates like failure and everything. But I think that we need to change. And you guys are doing this with this song. Like we need to change what failure is. Failure, I think, is so negatively associated, but it's before growth. It's almost like you have to accept that like if you want to grow, you're going to have to go through something hard in order for you to feel that like glorious feeling of resilience and like getting up again
1: I, I think it's in human nature yeah i mean i couldn't agree more that yeah. you know i i've i've watched people make mistakes in my life and for some reason i ended up making the same mistakes even though i watched them make a mistake and, and i always do my best to, to learn from others experience but i think nothing can compare to learning from the self-experience yeah, and I think that's why, you know, although failure can be frustrating and failure can be devastating, it, it, it truly is the greatest tool of learning. It, it truly
2: is. There's there is no substitute for learning from failure. Absolutely. Well, I identify a lot with the uh, melancholy in the song.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I guess I kind of always have been a fan of when the music is, is catchy and it's uplifting sounding maybe, but, yes. but the lyric has, you know, undercurrents of melancholy in it. And I can kind of really sink myself into that groove.
0: I really think that that's like a metaphor for everything that we're just saying. The music is so happy and uplifting and like that's like realizing your resilience and realizing your growth. But like underneath that resilience, like underneath that joy and that fun and that happy feeling is all the melancholy that you had to like recognize in yourself. Like that's the underlying story that ultimately brings you up to that happy Go lucky and uppity type feeling. I mean, that's what I think. I'm a very over analytic human.
2: <laughs> no, no, that was really cool. That was, yeah. That was really cool. We
1: always like, I think, I think just from a, from a music standpoint, we always like the idea of that sort of contra of, of having heaviness with maybe a major key like that, right? Uh-huh. Like you said, although there are tones of some darkness, you might even say, in, in the mm-hmm. lyric, at the end of the day, it's a pretty uplifting message. You know, yeah. it's, it's, there is a conquering at the very end. It comes full circle of, you know, trying to figure out how to hold an ocean hmm. at the beginning and, and coming to realize that maybe holding the ocean wasn't possible, but there are ways to shift that weight away. Mm-hmm. And, and instead of trying to overwhelm yourself and take on things that were always impossible and were never possible to any human, the humans that were most successful in life were able to figure out ways to relieve, you know, that mm-hmm. that sort of pressure and figure out ways of conquering that. So, um, and, yeah. and that comes in many different forms.
0: Absolutely. In the later part of the chorus when you guys say but I wonder if I had the time I could find what it's like to let it all just slide by run away to the sea where the feeling of me can escape this Twilight mine ride sitting by the side of life the, by, I had the time
3: I could find what it's like to let it all just slide by. Sitting by the side of life.
0: And I love how this part of the song is sang very fast. I think it like really musically complements like the lyrics because you're talking about how you don't have any time and you're singing it really fast as well. (laughs) So I thought that was great. I loved that.
2: (laughs) A little little word painting there. Who are you? Yeah. (laughs)
0: Love word paintings.
2: (laughs) Well, you you paint. You actually paint.
0: Yes, I do actually paint. beautiful work thank you Hayden you're the best but yeah so your guys's new album is called twilight mind ride and this is obviously a lyric in your chorus so what or post chorus but what made you guys choose twilight mind ride for the album or is it for the album
1: yeah yeah, the ep that we or got, the ep uh, rather is uh truth be told from a most simplistic standpoint we just thought it was a cool line yeah. you know, that had never mm-hmm. really been coined before so we're like you know let's use this one
0: Love it. Sometimes it's just got to be, sounds dope. Like, let's do it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I don't know anywhere else that's ever used that sort of phrase. And I do believe it sums up a lot of, you know, what's on the EP. So especially on a, you know, on a first run through. So
0: I love that. That's great. And then also another favorite line of mine is, but I wonder if I had the time I could find what it's like to let it all just slide by. And I think this really speaks to like being able to let go. And just like the concept of like letting go and how letting things go is just like so hard and like resisting the flow of life. And and I think that for a lot of, as we were talking about before, with like scripting our lives and being and kind of not going with the flow of things and wanting to control our own reality. I just think that this lyric so beautifully speaks to that concept in general.
2: Yeah, but, it's, it's interesting that the speed of the melody there with the, I never thought of that, you know.
1: (laughs) You're really stuck on what Renee said.
2: (laughs) Renee, you put him into a loop. Thank you. Well,
3: and then- Of course. uh,
2: I wonder if I had the time is sort of a, almost like a egotistical kind of statement where versus toward the end of the song, where we talk really about finding the moment. Yes. And and that's the only place we're ever bound is, is the moment itself. It's almost a bit like fear to realization. Mm -hmm. Which I think to me is a a bit of the quintessence of rock and roll, which, you know, which is overcoming and conquering some sort of inner demon or or even like a Joseph Campbell type mythological journey. And like Sal and I will talk about things like that all the time. And I think Sal's really the architect of that kind of philosophy. I think we both appreciate a bit of mysticism, you know, in the moment of artistic creation, you know. And like you said, Renee, like not trying to overly control everything, but sort of allowing it, allowing the, the music and the lyrics to be birthed, you know. I mean, like if you listen to the bridge of the song, there's no word changes, but it's actually in a way, it's my favorite part.
0: I love it. I love that part. I, well, that's when I really felt the Billy Joel vibes come in, but I yeah. also just love that part in general, but continue with what you were saying.
2: Yeah, we were just arranging that for the acoustic guitar and I was like, Sal, I, you know, the guitar sounds so good
1: again.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know, stepping aside, you know, from the song of, of that bridge part, you know, there is a sort of mysticism to it, right? Mm-hmm. I guess I've always learned in my musical journey that when you really want to buttress a point, that's when you really want to repeat something. When you really want to get the point across, yeah. that's where you use your repeating lines. Otherwise, you don't use your repeating lines.
3: Yeah. And
1: to create that imagery or that space of actually being at the side of life in that bridge area, that's, I think, just the way we chose to go about it, both from the musical standpoint of having that mystical and floaty type of setting mm-hmm. and then, you know, from the lines, just keeping it very simplistic, keeping certain keywords words repeating so that's from the philosophical writing perspective sorry we've we've used the word philosophical probably
3: uh, too many times
0: you're so so good the amount of times in a podcast episode recording that I say oh my god I love that or that's
3: awesome (laughs) I
0: probably say that a good like 25 times like every single episode I really hope my listeners people are going to be
1: listening like (laughs) Um, I do he's a philosopher all of a sudden.
0: <laughs> no, but I think that's so much about the process. Like, it gets really philosophical. Like, it really does. I think that our most, I think, like, heart-wrenching, whether it be, like, super, like, a song that's super uppity or melancholy-sounding, there's a, such a heartfelt aspect to it that is almost, I mean, in my opinion, I think it should be, like, a, it should be a requirement that people, you know, when they go up to to their instrument, like, they bring their authentic selves to the to the stage. I mean, that's what I really, truly believe in in the songwriting process I think that it's important to really get that concept across because I think that in our world that has become is so technologically dependent especially with younger generations and I think that it's great technology can be awesome like we wouldn't be able to be doing this interview if it weren't for zoom and I think that with technology it almost kind of like hinders us from really getting into like the core of things or that it prevents us from really digging deep within ourselves and finding the truth that really like will come out in our music you know
2: yeah I mean it's interesting you know I like an in-person interview would be much different than yeah through the technology and but the moment that we're in right now is given to us via technology so
0: yeah absolutely i really think the energy can kind of flow through all spaces and stuff because it's about the people that you're sharing the energy or the moment with you know
2: Oh yeah, I mean, I just gave a psychic reading to this person who threw through through a chat form, and he was like, "Oh wow, you were like right on." It was going on and on about how it was helpful. I was like, "Oh, that's really wait,
0: annoying. psychic readings? <laughs> I had no idea that you do those." Uh,
2: Oh Hayden's a strange cat. He, oh my
0: gosh, he does Hayden, all sorts of things. Hayden, can you give me one? <laughs> no <I'm> kidding.
2: <laughs> I will pull a card for you if you ask.
0: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Great to well,
2: know. An you know. An interesting thing about that is that if you look at something like this, relates directly to songwriting. If you look at something like the tarot, however mm-hmm. you look at it, you know, the imagery in tarot are very mythological themselves and yeah. they play into archetypes and that's something that we, we access in our mind yeah. and i think i think sal and i strive to access not purely through mental energy but like in our mind to access our souls and i think there's something there's a kinship that sal and i share yeah with, that's very profound and
0: you guys are the sun card
2: <sighs> ah, ah, there, there you go. some days <laughs>
0: <laughs> other days it's like the tower no i'm
2: kidding <laughs> <laughs> i well yeah i uh Actually, I pulled a tower for uh, yesterday for myself. and But it's interesting because how an image, you think of the way you hear a song, same thing. It's like, you don't always relate to it in the same way every time. That's why we can hear the same song or even watch the same movie, right? Uh, multiple mm-hmm. times and get something different from it. Yes,
0: absolutely. Which is why we got to do what we're doing right now, talking about the songs that we can so easily passively listen to. But when we take the time out of our day to just like sit and hear every word and like, and hear every note, And just feel the feelings. That's when the real magic happens. But to kind of close the episode, any advice that you guys have for future musicians?
1: So I, I guess something that came up recently with us, we were both having a bit of an artist block. An artist block is very common, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. In just the world of art and music, right? I mean, especially music, because I feel like music can be very much like a stair-stepping process where yeah. you can get stuck on a stair because you don't know how to get up to the next stair. It's really exciting to learn your circle of fifths and then figure out what kind of chords can be mixed together well. Once you realize how many combinations have been done over and over, it can can kind of put you in a funk and be like, well, if everything's been done, what's the difference between doing the same set of chords or the same, you know, Roman numerals in a row? Mm -hmm. Um, But I think what we really got back to, and and Hayden was a great reminder for me of this, was to have fun. Like at the end of the Mm -hmm. day, strangely enough, it's all about fun not all about fun, but mostly about fun. (laughs) As we like to say, fun, fun, fun. Yeah. um, And more profoundly about it would be, I know this to be true, that the greatest, you know, athletes, artists, business minds, or or entrepreneurial minds that the world has known, they had fun doing it, didn't they? You know, although it was hard work, they had a blast. They had fun along the way. And if you ever lose that aspect of fun, I think you've missed the point and, and you really put focus on all the wrong things and, and never really loosened up to actually uh, accomplish what you were trying to accomplish.
0: That's so true. And I love yeah, that. Yeah,
1: and what
2: is what like what is fun? It's you know, you can look at it as really just an engagement with the moment you know, you're, you're married to the moment, that's fun. And so that could be an expression of profound emotion, not necessarily just what people colloquially think of. Mm-hmm. It's fun, you know, it could be an expression of sorrow. And, hmm. but it feels, you know. It's, no, it's so true. It feels fun, which, but it's, you know, other people might use words like catharsis or uh, expression, but I think that's what is sort of like fuel for the artist. It, it is fun because I think it's sort of like a, that energy that can help unearth and even unearthing is fun. What is what is the fun in unearthing? It's discovery, right? Mm, yeah. We discover about ourselves and, and or, or relief,
1: right? Whatever form it comes in, you know. Yeah, it should be enjoyable, however you want to call it. But at the end of the day, you know, it's it should never feel like work. Although it is it is hard work, we'll call it, and I don't like to use the word hard either, but if you're not enjoying it, then there's something missing. There's a missing thing, you know? And, and yeah. that's what you have to really just
2: get back to. So. And just hearing this cat play guitar, is always fun for me. I mean, it's such, <laughs> it's such a, I'm always... Wide-eyed and what's that? (laughs) (laughs) Bushy-tailed. Just hearing him play guitar and whether it's electric or acoustic, I've been playing guitar with him. You know, you'll hear that on on the acoustic track and it's so much fun.
3: (laughs)
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Literally. And it's almost like you get into like this hypnotic state that you have no idea how much time has passed. And like, (laughs) little did you know, you've been writing or playing music for like six hours and you're like, whoa, like how did time fly by that fast and it's like you're sitting by the side of life you know
2: I like renee seeing your level of fun your level of engagement enthusiasm Aww. and appreciation for the songwriting process is so cool and it's so inspiring because you're just obsessed with the actual song itself and you're not afraid to really dig into all kinds of issues it's very inspiring to me so that's what I'm
0: oh, thank you <laughs> hayden well first of all I became so obsessed with the songwriting process and become so intrigued with the songwriting process and vulnerability because of you. Like you are the person that taught, that showed me the reins of how to embrace it. I've been working with you since I was like nine and you've seen me grow. You've seen me go through parts of of my life that have been really hard, that have been really fun and and exciting, but you taught me the, the magical skill of songwriting, of of embracing feelings through music and feeling the feelings through music. And that is probably the best gift that I've ever been given in the whole world. So Hayden, a million thank yous to you because you're the one who put me on this track. For me being able to sit here today and analyze songs and talk about what they mean about us and the world around us and like what we can learn about ourselves and from each other. So thank you for igniting that in me. So it means the world hearing you say that.
2: <laughs> well, well, you know, we're all here to, I think, teach each other. I mean, I've learned an incredible amount from Sal. He makes me a better musician. Likewise from Hayden. he makes me a better uh, human being. Uh And yes. and, and I just and even like just working with you, like I just said, you know, you know, the teacher is the student, the student is the teacher, yeah. kind of a kind of a thing. Um, and uh, I think that's a beautiful process. I think we're all here as you know souls to enlighten each other, right? Is it that or are we here to divide each other? And I think it's to enlighten each other, at least that's absolutely the, that's the side I want to sit on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's a side that we all want to sit on. Yeah, I, I yeah
2: hope. You know, seeking harmony even with all the dissonance.
0: Yes, I love that. Guys, thank you guys so much for coming on the episode. Like thank you, this is oh, amazing. You for us. Of course
2: take
1: one <laughs> the only take one, two, three. Ooh.
2: Ooh. Ooh. I don't know how to
3: hold the ocean, I can't flow.
0: A big thank you to Sal and Hayden for coming onto the podcast. This was truly an incredible experience. It was such a special moment and I'm going to cherish it always. To hear the replay of this episode along with the airing of their song on the 91.7 FM WMUH Allentown Airwaves, check the link below for the live stream link. My radio shows are on Thursdays from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time, but this episode will be airing on March 4th. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to hear these amazing artists and their story and the meaning between the lyrics and in the music of their song. As I always say, if you got a songwreck, if you want to be featured, click the link in my bio on my Instagram at btn.the.lyrics and on my personal account at renee.aud. There's a Google form on there for you and you can definitely hit me up. I hope you have an amazing day, week, month, whatever it means to you. This is Renee Audrey on Fine Tune Between the Lyrics. All the best.